0: This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating
1: at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and that, yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. Is it the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion? The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media.
0: Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside
1: Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars.
0: Today we speak to a former Dunlop Series champion who picked up another national championship in touring cars. The TCR Australia champion, Tony Dalberto, really took it down to the wire.
2: Pretty tense last race, though. Uh, I, I definitely did it the hard way.
0: And as a Dick Johnson Racing co-driver, what's De Alberto think about the potential return of the Sandown 500?
2: I'm, I'm looking forward to an extra Enduro. I'd love to see them do three again. And
0: with Gen 3 on the horizon?
2: We love watching supercars. It's intense racing. But if this gives everyone that little bit more opportunity to follow and to pass and all that, I think uh, that's that'll be a big win for the category. The cars aren't going to be any, any cheaper.
0: Tony Dalberto speaks about championships and co-drives today on Inside Supercars. It starts now.
1: Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're with Tony Dalberto, fresh from the mountains, and a, uh, another championship win for Tony Dalberto. Congratulations on winning the TCR 2022 season.
2: Thanks very much, guys. Uh, I'm absolutely thrilled that we are able to do it on the weekend. Pretty tense last race, though. Uh, I I definitely did it the hard way. Uh, But I provided lots of entertainment for everyone that was watching at home. (laughs) (laughs) Kept them
1: on the edge of their seat, that's for sure. Absolutely. One of the delightful things for you is that you brought a team a championship win in this series in David Wall. Who, as we know, is a, a great champion of Australian racing, and a man who I'm sure that you must have great affection for, because not only having a success with him, but the fact that being with that team.
2: I've got a lot of admiration for that team. I mean, I've seen seen what they've done in TCR, I see what they do in Career Cup, um, Strange GT, whatever they put their hand to, they pre- prepare an amazing car and. Um, one thing that uh, they should be really, really proud of in the last three years of TCR, we've, we have never had one mechanical failure on the Honda, which goes to show the car's built very well, but the guys are putting the car together, you know, extremely professionally. So um, that helps a lot. You know, when you go to race weekend, the car's prepared properly. You don't spend half a weekend trying to fix it. So I'm um, thrilled to be able to win the championship for them, Um, and be part of their history because I know uh, they've put a lot into this program, along with Honda and all our other partners. But uh, those guys, you know, they've been there from the start. They were there from day one when we tested the TCR cars at Sydney Motorsport Park. And there's been some crappy times, I can tell you, Um, times when we were sort of scratching our heads wondering whether we're going to keep doing this. Um, So to stick it out and come up, uh, you know, in front this year and win the, win the title um, just repays everyone's faith and uh, the reward for, for a team that um, do work really, really hard.
1: One of the things, Tony, that distinguishes to you, and I've probably known you 15, 20 years, is that you work very hard at it, not just in the car, but out of the car. And I know that you work very hard to get Honda and keep Honda and give Honda the success they need to keep justifying their expenditure.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't um, an easy sell to begin with. I mean. When I went to see them in 2018 and when I heard TCR was coming to Australia, um, they knew nothing about it. Uh, they you know, were very reluctant to um, get back into motorsport. They'd been burnt in the past and it took a lot of convincing, a lot of proving to them uh, what TCR was all about uh, and I suppose them trusting my guidance and um, some of my knowledge of the sport. and trusting that i was telling them the right things as well and uh, that relationship is just built over the last three to four years and um you know to the point now where they really do enjoy it the whole company's behind it um and they've enjoyed the journey um you know tcr have done a really good job in um with tv you know the stand coverage has been really really good and everyone that's producing their the coverage is doing a great job so they've they've done their bit and at the end of the bargain and um, they've made Honda feel really welcome. But if you look at what TCR is all about, trying to get manufacturer support, um, you know, where I suppose uh, the ones that really showcase that the best ourselves and HMO as, as well, um, and it just shows the benefit that TCR can bring to a manufacturer. But you're right, Tony, so, I've done a lot of work in the background and, um, you know, it, it cost a lot of money to go car racing, and uh, I wanted this opportunity, so I had to go and work for it and come up with a budget to go racing. And, uh, you know, Honda have supported that, and also I've got many other partners as well that have topped up the budget to get us to where we need to go because, um, you know, it, car racing is pretty expensive, and especially when you're trying to go for a title, you uh, throw everything at it, and uh, that's what we did this year.
0: So we see TCR, and we hear about... St- Differences to what the regular watcher and listener to supercars would know, where we hear about the balance of performance. And I guess mm. in some respects, GT racing has a balance of performance as well. But when you could race at Phillip Island and then race at Bathurst, I guess those two tracks have got some similarities. But when you can race at Winton and maybe dominate at Winton, You turn up at Bathurst the next time and you could be carrying a few extra kilos, which doesn't suit your car when you get there.
2: Yeah, the the balance of performance is a really unique uh, parity adjustment in TCR. Um, Like I've done quite a bit of GT racing and there's balance performance in that as well, but the swings between being the fastest car and struggling a little bit, you know, it's It's minuscule. You know, you might, one weekend you might be the car to beat and the following weekend you might be fifth and just struggling to really match the guys that you were beating last round. But in TCR land, you'll go from one extreme to the next. Um, The way they do their their balance of performance um, is based upon your results from qualifying uh, at the previous round. But where it hurts is if you go to the next round that wasn't going to suit your strengths of your car, um, you can get sort of a double whammy, and that's what we saw at Bathurst. You know, we had a lot of BOP from success at Queensland Raceway and success at Sandown, and when we went to Bathurst, we we were miles off the pace, and I you, you, you really couldn't do anything about it other than just ride it out. And The, the, the only criticism I probably got uh, about the category or the way the calendar rolled out was we visited Bathurst twice, and Bathurst wasn't a strong circuit for the Hondas, and we sort of got penalised twice for it. So, you know, the championship went down to the wire, but I really believe if we had just gone to another circuit um, where we could perform uh, near the front like we were all year, then we would have, uh, it wouldn't have, would have been quite as tight. So I had to sort of go into Bathurst knowing that, and try and have as many points up my sleeve as I could, and luckily enough, it was just enough. But we we sort of had our hands tied over the weekend with the way the the balance performance was. We just had no speed, so that's tricky to to navigate because those weekends you can really make a mess of it. You can com- compound the issues and you know get frustrated. And I had to really keep as calm as I could, uh, especially in that last race, knowing that it was right on the bubble. We were we felt if I lost one more spot or. You know, Will, he got into the lead, which made my life really hard. Um, We were going to lose the championship. And I just – I would hate to be speaking to you guys today and have lost by two points because it would have really hurt.
1: (laughs) Looking towards uh, 2023, I'm assuming that you've got the deal done for next year with uh, David Wall and Honda?
2: Oh, not as yet. Uh, We still need to – I mean, obviously, David would like to do it again. Um, He's got all the equipment. There's actually a new Honda coming, uh, which will be ready – Probably, you know, towards middle of the next year, which I think is really exciting. Um, but no, not just you yeah, We've got to get uh, work out what Honda want to do, whether they want to keep spending the money. Um, and they've had some management changes recently, so it's not quite as seamless as what it probably could be. But obviously, you know, winning the title helps a lot. Um, everyone's really pumped up, and excited. Everyone's engaged. So it's a really good time to talk about it. Um, but no, we haven't quite finalise all those little details just yet
1: one of the things though that you would look forward to in 2023 obviously a new car which I didn't know about but the other thing is that the arrival of Toyota because um, that's tremendous news for the category the you know world's largest car manufacturer coming to play that they haven't previously in road racing really in Australia outside their own uh, Toyota 86 series
2: yeah I think that's fantastic I mean when you've got manufacturer support and getting, you know, behind a category like TCR, it's only going to increase the competition. Um, And I think that's only a positive for everybody. You know, they just lift the whole sport. Um, So that's that's super exciting. And, you know, over the weekend there was some big news around, you know, the World Championship coming out and doing two of our local rounds as part of their World Championship. And I think that's just – that's going to – um, increase everybody's uh, interest in the sport. You know, the eyeballs watching um, to see Europeans come out and compete against Australia's best. And I'm assuming probably our best circuit. I think Bathurst will definitely one of the rounds. um you know, TCR, they just they just keep sort of chipping away and um, creating new ways to invigorate the sport. And it's not just the same thing over and over, rinse and repeat. You know, they're always trying to lift the bar and uh, it's it's certainly an exciting championship
0: one thing that is going to happen is the series is going to have a an e-component by 2024 and this is a, a very interesting one where the balance of performance you talked about could be changed from being weights and and the other things they do to changing it through the electronics
2: yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. I'd like to see the balance of performance sort of refined a little bit. Potentially, this is a way to do that. Um, you know, like I was saying before, where you go to some circuits and you've got no hope. It'd it'd be nice, you know, to go to some of the circuits and yeah, you, you need to get uh, it, you know, your balance performance adjusted if you've had great success, but not to the point where you just can't even you know get a result, or you might as well not even show up sometimes. So I think that's what they're talking about in the future, I think, will help that scenario. And, you know, it would be interesting to see how that rolled out. There was actually talk of it coming out next year, um, which I thought was happening, but uh, now it's been delayed another year. But I think it's all positive the way they're looking at it. They obviously know that some rounds, like sometimes, the way the balance forms works, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't create as good a racing as what it could. So, um, like I was saying before, it's extremely hard to put a whole year together and be consistent in this game. And um, that's what I think, you know, I'm really proud of that fact that we were able to do that, stay in the top half a dozen all year, and that was clearly good enough to get it done.
0: And, of course, the interesting thing is, with the new cars coming online, is how they're going to be, you know, race-ready for the energy recovery systems and the batteries that will be coming on because you don't want to get a 2023 car and have to do a, a complete change in 2024. So all the manufacturers of the TCR cars is have got a one eye on that next step.
2: Yeah, and, and maybe that's why they've um, delayed it a year because it, like most manufacturers coming out with new cars or new generation of their current car, um, Soon, Uh, as I was saying about Honda, you know, Hyundai got the Elantra, um, Audi have got their new Audi that Jay Hansen's run all year, and they're just a little bit better. They're just a more refined car, and obviously, every time they put out a new car, they want it to go slightly faster. Um, But yeah, I think the energy recovery system it's similar, I think, to how you've got the push to pass sort of thing with IndyCar, and I think that will be quite cool, you know, to use it when you need it. And maybe there's a bit of strategy that comes into play as well. Um, I think it's going to just tighten the racing, but also give the opportunity to pass if you get the opportunity in the race. If you get the actual opportunity to do so,
0: and I'm wondering if you want to look at the E Series idea, where you've got the uh, the Mario Kart little uh, sled through to get you that active boost as well.
2: Yeah, that's what they'll be doing next. I mean, like Formula E, you know, they have those bits on the circuit where they drive through and then suddenly they got some more boost. I mean, I think that gets a bit gimmicky. But, uh, yeah, if – the worst thing is you go to a circuit and no one can pass and it's just not exciting. You know, everyone's brakes over a heat and they're just – they're stuck. They can't do anything. You want to create passing opportunities and mistakes and all that stuff to spice it up for the viewers and also just for the interest of the sport, you know. It, it, Everybody that I've spoken to from the weekend about the last race and how you know there was people passing and there's so much desperation going on for the because it come down to the wire. You know it just creates interest and, and sparks. So that you, every category is trying to do it. Supercars are trying to do it with a new new car um, trying to make a car that you can actually follow closely and you can pass. Formula One have done it with this new generation car as well. not as error dependent or affected. So everyone's on the same page. It's um, sort of who gets there first or who achieves it the best. But TCR's got a lot of benefits, and it's, it's exciting front-wheel drive racing. And um, I think the drivers that it attracts as well a lot of young guys, and they're just they've got no fear. They just go for it and uh, throw it in gaps that they probably shouldn't. But it does make it very, uh, very uh, you know, entertaining racing to watch.
1: So over the 20 races, because there was one cut, the race two on, on Sunday, unfortunately because of the weather, but over the 20 races, you had 10 top fives, um, two wins for the year and only one pole, but your consistency clearly got you there and those two points over Will Brown were uh, well and truly enough to reward you and your team and Honda with the championship they so thoroughly deserve. But let's get on to the next subject now and a bit of a V8 talk. And uh, I know, Tony, that uh, you didn't get the re, uh, full result you wanted at Bathurst because it was a top 10 and, and uh, it could have been better. But the Gen 3 car, what uh, what have you done or been involved with uh, the development of the new DJR Ford
2: Mustang? Uh, I haven't driven it myself yet. I've seen it in the workshop uh, in, in the flesh. Um <laughs> Obviously, the team, DJR, are homologating that for Ford. They've got a huge involvement in it. Um, I, have, I actually was meant to drive it earlier this year uh, up at Winton for the day and stand up cancelling that because the, the seating position was so poor that a lot of the drivers are getting sore backs. And only if you're a, like a midget like me, you're going to be comfortable. So um, they've, they've changed the car quite a lot. And I think when everyone starts getting their own car, and putting it together themselves and making it all a little bit nicer than what those two prototype cars are, um, I think they're going to be a a really cool car to drive. They're going to be lively. They're going to move around, heaps of grunts. You know, the current supercar that's got one more race to go at Adelaide, that thing is almost like a GT car. It really is. They, They handle so good. They're stuck to the road. They're enjoyable to drive. But when you do get stuck behind a car, You you can't do much about it. You lose so much grip, especially in the front of the car. Uh, And Bathurst is one place that we've seen over the last last few years where, you know, it's a race within the race to try and get track position. Because once you've got that track position, then you sort of, even if you're going half a second slow on the car behind, they, they really can't do a lot. So that's where I think the new gen car, if it lives up to what everyone's trying to achieve, it'll give that opportunity for passing, spice up the racing um, and just allow cars to follow a little bit closer, which will make the racing even better. Not that the racing's bad. I mean, hey, we we love watching supercars. It's intense racing. But if this gives everyone that little bit more opportunity to follow and to pass and all that, I think uh, that's that'll be a big win for the category. The cars aren't going to be any, any cheaper. There's, there's, I can't see how that's going to happen. But if it increases eyeballs on watching the television, then sponsorship's easier to get and, you know, all those things sort of start flying on. So it's exciting times for supercars. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having a drive.
1: I'm fascinated that you talk about seating position. I, I heard a wonderful apocryphal story that when uh, the Gen 3 cars were both at Queensland Raceway that Shane Van Gisbergen got to sit in the Mustang and mm-hmm. turned to someone standing nearby and say. How come we got the seating position so wrong in the Camaro, meaning the (laughs) 888-built car?
2: (laughs) Well, I found that interesting myself because they've got some of the tallest drivers in the category with SVG, uh, Garth, you know. Jamie's not really that short either. And, yeah, their seating position was so cramped um, compared to the Mustang. So I think they've ironed that out now, though, so that'll be good. I think
1: they have indeed. Um, the other aspect of 2023 that I'm sure that while it hasn't been confirmed yet it's highly likely there'll be a sandown 500 again which you know, a, a two driver at least in juro season would be something that you'd look forward to
2: oh without a doubt i mean sandown's just down the road from my house so it's like a home round uh, but you know it has been a uh, a little bit disappointing over the last few years um you know that we've gone back to the one enduro it used to be three and you could make a real campaign of it but now it's gone back to the one it's sort of you still do the same amount of prep work you still do the test days ride days still keep yourself as fit as you can all year but then you only need it for one weekend and it's the grand final of all races so um, there's no lead up anymore so I think going back to Sandown would just be amazing and uh, make all that preparation feel worthwhile and I think it's gonna be a bit of a, uh, like a big event to try and say goodbye to Sandown, whenever that final, I think there's only one or two more years or whatever it is. Um, We've heard this a few times, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to an extra Enduro. I'd love to see them do three again.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on Inside Supercars, Tony Um, D'Alberto. As uh, you know that there are an awful lot of people in Australian Motor Racing, very pleased for the success that you, David Wall and Honda have achieved. Um, look forward to uh, catching up with you in the near future I assume television will be the uh, primary goal for Adelaide for you this year
2: (laughs) yeah I'll be watching on TV I won't be doing any presenting (laughs) I'd love to go I I would love to go Um, you know uh, the track being resurfaced and just the Adelaide vibe is just electric so it's going to be an awesome race to watch thanks for having me on the show guys
1: thank you Johnny Tony Dalberto you love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter. Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We'll paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.